Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Mount Westwire basketball podcast. Oh, boy. It's crazy. Jeremy here. Andy hanging out. Hello, everybody. Larry, later on, talk about Lobo's coaching search and stuff. But check out the website, like I said, Twitter, Facebook, everything we have out there. We, we're in March. I like how you put out in the – was it Chinese you put out in March today, Andy? Yes, that was Chinese. Yeah. Copy and paste in Google Translate. You beat John Rostin because that looks different. Like, what's going on? March? Agree. So, yeah, well, you know, you got to get – you know, you hit the translate tweet, and there it is. Boom. Yeah, be creative on this. So here's what we're doing tonight. As we mentioned, we'll talk with Larry later on about New Mexico. Big story. Games this week, which are how, – how weird is it to see, like, all these different games this week just because it's kind of what we typically see? Like, hey, you have well, it's annoying. It's, it's not just annoying. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it's annoying, and we're going to get to all of them and all the different opinions on them. But what – I mean, what I think is most annoying is, man, we just had this San Diego State-Boise State series, and that was supposed to be our finale. That was supposed to be this, like, huge – and it, and it was, it was, you know, it, it, the games are so good and, and we'll, we'll break them down or, you know, we'll talk about them in a little bit more detail maybe, but I, it, it's just weird to now have this like one off, you know, the series things aren't happening. You just kind of got one game here or there. One, you know, there's been some cancellations. <laughs> we'll see how many of them still get to end up being played because, I wonder if we're going to see teams backing out at this point. I don't know, uh, but yeah. Given what happened tonight. So, I mean, yeah, get to the big the big story. I forgot about it. We'll get to those in a minute. But tonight, Fresno, Boise State. Boise State loses the game. They had a chance at the, well, at the buzzer beater to tie it. They didn't fall, though, 67-64. They're trailing most of this game. They're down six at the half. Like, here, you know what the most crazy thing is about this game? Orlando Robinson had 11 points and they still won for Fresno State. He yeah, shot terribly from not, the field. They're not just Orlando Robinson anymore. I mean, I'm not saying that they're like really good, but they're, they've progressed over this season to a point where I'm like, you know, sort of keeping an eye on them to make a, make a little noise maybe or make life a little difficult for someone in the Mountain West tournament. But, right now, but like I know they have Devin, Darren Stroud, Deion Stroud and everything, but like, 
when your best player goes, I still think he's your best player. Shoots poorly. Oh, no, he, makes, he is. Yeah. But the team itself, they won because of three-point shooting. Their offense was not good shooting under 40%, 38 and a half. They made all 11 free throws. But looking at everything here, like it was basically a three-point shooting, but they ended up winning. They made 10, just over 43%, which made up for their bad shooting. But like overall, they made all the free throws. Boise had double the free throws. They shot just as poorly as it, but it came down to like, it, like here's a, the crazy thing is like Malden Armis had a great game defensively, like five blocks, he had seven rebounds. The game is just where I don't know how Boise State, I know they're coming off two losses from San Diego State, so it's the longest losing streak of the year at three. They were down at the half, it was the kind of slowly came back, but they just couldn't get a, a good rhythm going and nobody can make a shot. And we'll get to why the game, if they should have been played or not, but Looking at what it was, like Derek Alston did fine. Like he only had 12 points, not great, but they had like Aki gives 18 points. It's just a weird game where Fresno was able to hang around for a team that is nine and ten in conference play. They <laughs> lost UNLV their last game. They were blown out badly by San Diego State and Utah State when they're play- when they played Boise last time, 73 to 51. Yeah, I mean, and normally we would see this revenge type of game immediately if the series had been played like normal, but now we're seeing, you know, we're seeing this delayed effect here. It's just, it's, it's wild. And unfortunately, I think it, I think it probably, it might cost Boise State their at large bid. I mean, it probably should. I, okay. and if you're looking at, I don't know, it, it certainly, takes them out of any sort of like lock conversation which is terrible because i was just calling them like mm. i was just talking about how they're firmly in the field you know two days ago and it's like well i think all of the discussion about boise state i think we were all taking for granted that they were going to win this game and i think they might have been too and i just this result throws such a huge wrench in everything uh it's it's crazy i I did not expect this at all. I saw the score uh when it was tied in the second half. I was tracking the game. I looked a little later and Boise State I was up and you know I was like, "Okay, well they got this in hand. I'm going to go back to work cuz they were playing this game super early." So on yeah, the, I, that's weird. you know, I was still at work. You know, I was at home. Pacific. <laughs> yeah, but you know, so I'm I'm not I'm doing my job. I'm not, you know, watching every second of the game. And then I, you know, I get off work right around the time that the game's finishing up, and I look and I see that, you know, this final possession is happening, and I watch what happens, and Emmanuel Aycock gets off this terrible shot on, you know, some really just nothing play, and I I just don't know what happened with this Boise State team and how they've ended up being 17-7 and seven at this point. You know, I was like, didn't they just have four losses, like, a week ago? Yeah, they did. They just okay. lost twice to San Diego State, and then they just lost a, you know, they've lost three games in a row just right then. What's their streak at overall? Yeah, it's just three, cause they had the boys, the Utah State sweep before that, but yeah, I mean, you look at these results, you look at them getting swept by Nevada, you look at them losing to Colorado State by 22, you, I mean, that first half against Houston, and there was another game. Was it the, they won one of the UNLV games by two points. 
There was another game. I think it was against Air Force. Yeah, it was their second game against Air Force, and they were trailing at the half of that game. And it's just been kind of weird. Boise State sort of turns off at times. And I suppose that's the other foot dropping a little bit on getting all these high talent uh, transfers from all over the place, these, you know, really good programs is that, you know, I, I'm not trying to speak, you know, ill of their character necessarily, but I'm just wondering, you know, is this part of what was you know what didn't work at the other places or you know is there just something what's missing that's not letting them win these games you know these or or show up i mean i'm not saying they didn't show up they lost by three points right they were in the whole thing the series against san diego state they showed up right they went to overtime they lost overtime yeah yeah so i mean i'm not trying to say like oh they're so terrible but it's just man why are they ending up on the wrong sides of these games like so had, often, right. and, yeah. Like they had changes. Like this game, they're down seven at one point. I'm looking at the like the game flow and everything. They're up seven. It's like they're down for most of like basically about the eight minute mark in the first half. They're trailing the entire way. Was it was even it's kind of fairly steady. Fresno goes up a couple, comes back. It's never a huge like they had an eleven point lead at one point. I think that's the biggest of the game. They slowly come back <clears throat> in second half. They get about twelve minutes left. It's uh. I think it's a tie game here. Yeah, 12 13 on this tie game. Boise keeps going, 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 going. And then they fall flat. Fresno comes back. It's, it's kind of where I'm not scoring the flow chart to look at it, but like Fresno had a big lead. Boise, you would think at the point where Boise gets up by about seven or eight points. Okay, they got this. Well, Fresno's back. They go up by seven or eight more, six more points again and don't score, basically don't score the rest of the game. Like they're up 63 59, don't score the rest of the way. The win probability. Was, yeah, that's when I turned, that's when I, you know, looked yeah. at the score and was like, okay, well, whatever, we're good, game over. Yeah, they're up <laughs> six, seven. Couple, and it was like, wait, what? They're at the end of the game with like four minutes left. Or not uh, four minutes left, but it's, it was a mess where they're up, no, they're up nine exactly. Apologies, nine, nine to five left. They should not have lost this game. And then also there's the, arg- the argument, like, should the game be played? And we already discussed last time. If you want to listen to that, let's go back up forth. That was last week. My main point for not playing. Not necessarily if the game should be made up, but it's because of travel issues. And we, I wasn't going to say this type of loss is going to happen, but I was thinking where there's a potential just because you play a oh, game, sure. there's a chance anybody could lose. But my yeah, main but argument – Sorry, go ahead. Make your, make your point because I agree my, with it. Yeah, my main point was all the traveling they could do because why are you doing this for the Mountain West Tournament in Vegas? Like this is the only game these two teams play the week, but their teams played more than once. And also, BJ Reigns, Idaho Statesman, or excuse me, Press Tribune, makes a good point. Like, Air Force didn't have to play this game, or play their games this week. But Boise and Fresno, Boise had 19 conference games. The only game canceled or not played was the Fresno State game. So why in the world would should they even have to play? The, or even Fresno State, who had 18 games, where they basically played a full slate, where other teams have played like 14 or 16 or, or a handful of fewer games. What was the point of, I know that there's TV money involved, that makes sense, but you have to know the way the risk versus reward, and it's a one off here, and you can make, you can easily make these up because how many games are on the Mount West Network? Like, next year they say, okay, these four games on the Mount West Network, we'll put them on CBS Sports Network, or even FS2. They put plenty of football games in FS2, and so I don't think the argument well, about TV say, makes, sorry, makes all the sense. Sorry guys, it's COVID season. Yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> I get you. Right? Like, yeah, I get you. Pay us uh, and everything, but it's like you can do a make good for next year because there's games that are, yeah. like I said, broadcast on. I don't think Stadium pays for these games, and so 
and like the Mountain West Network doesn't pay for the games. It's your own league doing it. So, okay, next year we'll throw you a bunch of more games or, or something like that. Or in football, if there's any Mountain West games streamed only, which I'm not sure how many there are, sometimes some FCS games, but we'll throw you a couple of games like next year and make up for it. Cause I, like you watch, you follow a ton of basketball more than me. Were there any live games really in FS2 at all? I don't think so. Uh, I, you're expecting a lot out of me to know what channel I'm watching at any time. I know. If, if we're being perfectly honest, like, <laughs> well, I guess too. It's like you would think compared to football, where the Mountain West had a couple games on there that with more. Here's my logical saying: more basketball teams. The isn't the Big East on Fox, I believe, and A10. Uh, the A10, I believe, is with uh, ESPN, uh, and they're on the ESPN Plus deal. Um, Big East. I know for sure. Big East is FS1, though, definitely. I think Big Ten is in there as well. Um, yeah, I mean, that's been an addition to football, I'm saying, like mm, the Big East. Right. So, like, there's ways to make up these games, but the travel is my main concern of why this being done. Then this is the unintended consequence where Boise, like, so Boise is basically a near lock. Like, I'll let you get your thoughts in, but Bracket Matrix as of right now, which I'm not sure people are throwing in brackets fast and furious now every day with some tournaments starting like West Coast Conference and stuff. They're sitting at 133 of 134 brackets as a 10 seed or 11 seed, excuse me. Yeah, because everyone felt safe that they were going to win this game and that there was no way they were going to take a bad loss in the tournament. You know, that's that's the thing is everyone. <laughs> when I say everyone, you know, obviously not Fresno State, obviously obviously not yeah. every everyone, but. The general public, I think, just overlooked this game, uh, and nobody, nobody was planning to, to have to write, you know, redo that part of, they were like, okay, we can finally at least, you know, now, now we turn our focus to Colorado State, and, yeah. and we try to figure out if they're gonna make it. Cause we're gonna say San Diego State, they're in for sure. Now we're talking, are they gonna be wearing, you know, home whites when they're playing? Are they gonna get one of those top eight seeds? It's looking more and more likely like they will, and I think they deserve one. Um, Boise State was like, okay, great, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be somewhere in the 10 to 12 range, but they'll be there. There's no, no problem, cause they'll beat Fresno State, a win that won't matter. And then they'll go to the Mountain West tournament, and even if they lose the first game, it's going to be Nevada. to it would be yeah to Nevada at worst. Yeah, that's what it seems like. We'll get to the brackets of later because and yeah, it's so because so Nevada just, played sixteen yeah. games. You know these sixteen games. Why well, I mean fourteen games? San Jose sixteen. Like, what was the point? Like, Air, why why were they forced to play this game when they basically played the entire season? Like, look at it from a competitive standpoint. Because there's a lot of different reasons, but that, but then playing 18, 18 games, that shouldn't be the case. And also, Boise's net rating as of right now is 34. I'm not sure how far far they're dropped because Fresno is sitting at 202. It'll be their their first Q4 loss. And looking through the like the net rating, it'll probably obviously change by the time you listen and look at it. Boise's nine and over Q4 teams. You have to go all the way down the right state, who's 14 to three because the league they play in the Horizon. To have any Q4 losses, and they're sitting at 63. Like, how far will they fall? Like, like we say they're out for sure. I know there's a million scenarios. Like, if they go to the Mountains tournament and beat Nevada, and say they beat Utah State, or they get to get in if they lose to San Diego State. I don't know. That's a maybe, but that'd give them two more good wins, like Q2, maybe even Q1 win there. But where do they drop from this? Like, they're so high, they're not going to free fall, but like, what do you think? They're going 50 or something? I think 
they will free fall a bit. Um, so, sorry, which we were talking about a lot of different metrics. This, exactly. this like which which one are you looking at right now? Well, the net rating right here. The net 30, okay, okay, yeah, they're thirty. They're thirty four in that. Um, that man, that Q four is some really bad data to throw in. Um, it it could really affect their net rating quite a bit because I believe. Well, I don't know. It's posted on the team sheet, and you know we've talked a million times about how we don't really know what's going on in here. <laughs> exactly. uh, but what we do know is you don't want to take quadrant four losses. Um, it's just it's not good. So so yeah, I mean Boise State, they're gonna fall a bit. I think they're gonna fall out of a lot of brackets because you know people are sort of. I don't want to say looking for an excuse to put in certain teams, but, you know, maybe you're keeping them out, you know, say a Michigan State, maybe not Duke because they lost on this night that we're recording. Uh, But I don't know. It's, it's, It's interesting because the bubble shrinking, I think a team that would maybe benefit the most from this is St. Louis. Um looking at Boise State right now in terms of, oh, well, they're going to, you know, kind of swap there and Boise State's going to be on the outside. And so it sort of forces Boise State's hand a bit when it comes to the Mountain West tournament because now it's, well, you got to get to the, to the final game. You just have to. Um, I think you need to get that first win over, you know, whoever it's going to be. You certainly can't lose that game. Uh, and then you I have to, you have two- to beat. Two wins in the run, I think. I think if they get two wins, they're going to be in. If they make the finals, I, I think they're going to be in. It depends. Yeah, I mean, certainly they're going to be in. The other thing is they're going to be in this dangerous, like, the bid thief territory, right, where mm-hmm. as smaller conferences, there's not a whole lot of those available, I think, this year. There's a couple conferences to keep an eye on. Um you know, and always the power conferences, you get, you know, weird teams making runs like Kentucky. Who knows? Mm-hmm. If Kentucky, if Kentucky comes in and wins the SEC tournament out of nowhere, uh, or Duke, or, you know, maybe Michigan State, who knows? If they win their respective tournaments and get their automatic bid, that might squeeze out a team like Boise State, who's going to be near the cut line from a mid-major conference, might be easier for the committee to justify leaving them out. Um, I don't think you're going to get quite as much from, say, the smaller conferences like Western Kentucky or Belmont or um, Winthrop. I don't think the committee's going to throw an at-large bid to any of those three if they were to lose in their respective conference tournaments. But it is possible. And again, yeah, because looking at Ohio, yeah. really quick, Ohio Valley you got Belmont, Moorhead, East Kentucky, twenty plus wins right now. There's six teams in the. Well, I mean, this was true the other day when I wrote it anyway. But I was doing a. For Heat Check CVB, I was doing the OVC uh, conference tournament preview. I realized there's six teams in the country at that time who had 20 wins, and three of them were from the Ohio Valley. And Belmont's lost two in a row to both those teams. That's why more well, Eastern Kentucky, which is kind of stinks for them. Yeah. Well, and the, you know this isn't a, a Ohio Valley podcast, but Belmont's best player, Nick Musinski, has been out for those two games, and so gotcha. that's uh, that's where that's coming from, and hopefully he'll be back for the tournament, but we'll see, and so that could cause okay. some issues, and Belmont, I mean, legitimately speaking, though, and it does, it's, you know, I joke that this isn't an Ohio Valley podcast, but it yeah, we talk West Coast Conference all the time. <laughs> we do, we, we do, <laughs> but, but that 
I mean, that specific injury to that specific player, Nick Buzinski being out for Belmont with Eastern Kentucky and Moorhead State, like you said, uh, Jacksonville State's good, Murray State's in there too. There's a lot of teams who could be gunning, and if that, if Belmont's not at 100%, they could be knocked off, and I wonder, depending on when that happens, would the committee give them an at-large bid again? They did it a couple years ago. Yeah, if your best player is going to be back, they made lots of things. It's like, okay, those losses are excusable because player X, but that's a, I just, the reason I mentioned them scrolling through and they're just blowing alphabetical, I say, well, 321 teams, what's up with that? And so I was like, oh, maybe there's a, especially this year, I know win total is not everything, especially this year when you have teams like, what, Long Island University Sharks are nine and nine. They're a team that pops up here. The Merrimack Warriors with 17 games played this, this season. But within the Mountain West, too, Boise's likely the four seed. And we'll get to the CD implications at the end of the show. They're likely going to be the four seed. And that would require them beating San Diego State in round two in the semis. Which right. And that might actually close, be what but... they need. Because, I mean, you think about, okay, I, I think we can probably put the dream of the four-bid Mountain West to bed at this point. Um I, it, it's tough to say, but I mean, maybe not. It's, it's possible, but I just don't know that there are enough good wins available to both Utah State and Boise State to boost their resumes without sinking Colorado State at the same time. It's Colorado such State a delicate. Colorado State has no bad losses, really. Their worst loss is that still 53-33 St. Mary's game. <laughs> That's true, but you know, what's their best win? That's good point too. The, San Diego State and then also the, yeah. And then Boise State and Utah State who we're yeah. talking about maybe being in the tournament, probably not. So you know, it's like those point, those yeah. losses lose a lot of strength as all this happens. And so but no, Colorado State is a very interesting and very kind of frustrating resume because there's nothing there's okay, there's not nothing bad. There's one bad thing on it, but that Bad thing is getting better. They should. It's just really ugly looking, but it's still just one loss. St. Mary's is sixty-eight in the net. So yeah, they're not... getting better. So I mean, like, it's not bad by by any means, really, to have that loss on your resume. And that was uh, away. That was on the road. You right? Yeah, I, it may have been a neutral game, but it wasn't at Fort Collins. I think they played I in St. Clair or something. Okay, I remember, I think I watched part of the feed of that game, and it was just in a very dark gym, wherever it was. University <laughs> Credit Union Pavilion, wherever that, yeah, no, what, no, it was. There's Baraga? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was, right. I was thinking, maybe that was a different game where they played, but yeah, that was, uh, like, that loss, it's not a good loss. I mean, well, again, they scored 33 points, the optics of it, but who you lost to is perfectly acceptable, and a loss a handful of teams have for at large. If you're looking for that big eye-popping win, I get, San Diego State would be it. And I'm like, oh, it's only Aztecs, but they're a top 20 team. They're what top 25 net rating overall. But or yeah, San Diego State is yeah top 20 actually. I don't know. Like, if we want to say a four bid team, like the scenario you want to have is probably a Boise CSU final, right? Oh, I don't know. I think no. If if you want four teams, I think you are overstating how much Utah State has done and what position they're in, because Utah State has the most work to do. You think so? I think so, yeah. Because UNLV uh, loss? 
Because the UNLV lost? Because the VCU lost? The South Dakota State lost? The BYU? I mean, they're they're, no, I'm not saying that, you know, BYU is bad. VCU is not a bad loss on its own, but there's a lot of them now. And that's the same problem Boise State's having is just the plurality of losses at this point is too many for mid-majors maybe to, to feel safe. I'm not saying it's too many to get in, but you look at Utah, Utah State's got the sweep over San Diego State. You know, that they did at home. Not to discount that much, but like, they did it at home. Um, they beat Colorado State by 19. You know, those three games, (laughs) that was like, man, Utah State is here. They were 9 and 0 in conference. They were 12 and 3. They just swept San Diego State and they beat Colorado State by 19. And you were like, oh man, Nemus Canada is going to win the Naismith. This is amazing. And then (laughs) they lost to Colorado State and then they lost to UNLV. And since then, you know, well, they came back, you know, after they got swept by Boise State and they, they swept Nevada themselves. And I don't know. It's just the most impressive wins are good. They're, they're very good. Those are very good wins, but they, they all came at home. So they're not going to look as good on their team sheet as they, as they might look to us who know this league. Yeah. Uh, the same with the Nevada wins no, again not. in Logan. Saying, oh, it's a one bid league. I think that's an over exaggeration. I think it's too minimum, right? Oh, I think I think it's too minimum as well. Unless I you think, see, I think you're losses, gonna, right? This week? Yeah. So you know, crazy losses this week are crazy losses in the conference tournament. So but there, aren't, but there aren't any crazy losses because I guess there could be. But are we really saying like the bottom half league, New Mexico, San? We just watched State, Fresno Airport. State beat Boise State, so we're I saying I get it. But first, let's see the middle of the pack. Are you telling me New Mexico is going to beat uh, San Diego State if they play them? Sure. But, if they but, win? Okay, but, but even though Fresno State's middle of the pack, that's still a quadrant four loss that we're talking about right I now. Know. You know, so I'm just saying that the the losses that you would take in the first round, unless you're the four seed playing Nevada, are going to be like really bad, yeah. and those could lead us to the one bid Mountain West territory. So as long as the teams avoid those, and that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that I expect yeah. it to happen. I'm just saying that I don't think we're really going to enter one bid territory until a Colorado State or Boise State loses one of well, Boise State just lost to Fresno, so that was the <laughs> they Aztecs just are a lock, right? Aztecs, Aztecs, right, Aztecs, I think, have to be a lock at this point. Um, Even if they were to, let's extreme example. After the Boise State sweep, I think that locked them in. So they lose to UNLV and lose to six-seeded UNLV twice back-to-back. Would that keep them out? Let's say they lose to UNLV and then they lose to, you know, New Mexico. Well, it would be, well, be Rebels again. I guess they lost New Mexico upsets, but I'm saying they lose that Well, right, that's game. what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, worst-case scenario. <laughs> I think even then, San Diego State gets in. It's just now they have, 13. like, a 10 or 11 seed. <laughs> yeah, something, you know, assuming that that – yeah, I think they would still get in. And, and, and that's kind of the definition of lock for me. Can you lose out and still make the yeah. tournament? And I think they can. Even okay. if they lose out in the worst possible scenario, I think they could still make the tournament. Because um, the UNLV loss isn't that bad. And if that was the only bad thing on Utah State's resume, that would be a different story. Um, about you know, but, but they have seven losses, you know, at this point. Yeah. And it's just, and they're just piling, and it's, 
and they do have that South Dakota State loss. And now Boise State has that Fresno State loss. And Colorado State doesn't have one of those albatrosses around their neck yet, which is the nice thing. And San Diego State doesn't either. So those two, I think, are in the best spot now. And it's funny because I was just talking, you know, a day or two ago, uh, maybe just yesterday, I was talking about how Colorado State is – in, you know, they have work that they need to do to, to get in. And I, th- I still think that's true. I think that Colorado State needs to make the finals of the Mountain West tournament. And it would really behoove them to just win the thing. <laughs> just, just do it. Um, I think to maximize bids in the league, it would have to go, I think you would need Utah State to beat Boise State in the conference tournament final. Because that would get Utah State in, Boise State would get a win over San Diego State that might do the trick because they'd also have another win over Nevada. Colorado State would have beaten, I don't know, somebody, and then they're, they would have lost to Utah State. And again, that's not a bad loss. Their resume would still have nothing bad on it. So you could argue for them to be an at-large still. So there's your three at-larges, and then, you know, Utah State getting the auto bid. That, I think, I don't know that it's too far-fetched, but you're, I think you need zero bid thieves, zero unexpected things to happen, which is not, <laughs> not what college basketball is all about. You're right. Okay. So the game, let's kind of skim through the game this week because Fresno Boy State makes us talk about these other games, I guess, <laughs> a little yeah. bit. Yeah, we do. We got to talk about them. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So here's what the schedule is because it is a bit wild. You have New Mexico at CSU. Which, or not Rebels, look at the team below. Lobos are an eight, eight, eight. Yeah, so these are all Wednesday. So it's okay. uh, five Pacific, six Mountain. Um, I don't know if it's on TV. Don't listen to here, but uh, we'll find out later for you. But Lobos are a huge underdog. And that's a game where, similar to Boise, Fresno, can't lose or you're out, essentially. Aztecs, UNLV later that night. Aztecs were only 10-point favorites in that game. I... I want to say bulls should win, but I guess we gotta you gotta keep an out for these games. So let's keep one eye on the game. If you see some blowout, just move on and go spend time with your family or something. I don't know. Go play some <laughs> some PS5 if you got it. But <laughs> the, these two ones they should be easy. They're both ones at home for the Rams, road for Aztecs. Aztecs, I'm very confident they'll win, and that ten points is pretty low for me. But I don't see, especially in Lobos, how they've been playing. I know they've been hanging out in Colorado, but there's no. I, I'm gonna say there's no way, Andy. I'm just gonna put it out there. While we need to state same thing, like these games are now, it's like we gotta get to them because what if Marcus Williams goes off and Utah State goes cold for whatever reason? Like, what if uh, Nemus Kata has ten points and only four rebounds? I I I don't What's see it. But... Really interesting here is if we get to a spot, there might be. I'm trying to do the math in my head here. Like, 
Is there a spot where the results make it so that all the seeds are locking into place and that some of these Saturday games are legitimately unnecessary to play? Or is there a seeding implication in every game? Because I think that's, I mean, that's what the league said. They said that they, you know, prioritized matchups that had an effect on seeding or, you know, that <sighs> something. I don't know. It's, it's all so confusing. Something or another. But, but so I think the San Diego State game, I, I agree. I think they're going to win this because they're playing for a conference championship at this point. Uh, if they win that game, because they win it, they get it. If they win it, they get it. Uh, and so no matter what Colorado State does again, I mean, Colorado State has to win, but even if they do win, if San Diego State does as well, then it's locked up. Uh, thanks to the. Uh, phantom forfeit wins. <laughs> that let's that now. Crazy. We were going to say yeah, this after we talked to Larry. Who Whatever. cares? We'll end it with Larry interview, which is awesome. Talk about Mexico. So Lobos, not Lobos, Jesus. Talk about Larry. Sorry. Rams <laughs> fans are pissy because Aztecs. If you if you look at, I'm looking at ESPN right now. They're 13 and three Aztecs. We're technically 15 and three for seeding purposes. So and the Rams have what they have two games this week. Is that right? Yes. They so, have New Mexico and Nevada. So if they win both and Aztecs lose, it's a tiebreaker scenario. They split versus Aztecs, but then goes Utah State and they won one. No, no, no. They don't, they don't have the same number of, of games played, so it's an odd number. It would be, it would be, uh, winning percentages? Yeah. I think you, yeah, you would go to winning percentages. Um, okay. And so I think, but I think you could just kind of visually see it where I think San Diego State would be, I don't want to, I think it, they'd be 15 and 5 or 14 and 5. And 15 and 4 and 15 and 3. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Um, so it would be the same amount of wins, but fewer losses for CSU and they would, uh, you know, they, they would win the championship. Do you, cause I, I know you saw my tweet earlier. My point being the game, here's the two things I'm put about. The reason this is the case, Aztecs versus Lobos have officially been declared a forfeit. The wins don't go toward like the net, which is probably fine if we're seeing to go state will probably drop them a bit if it's in there for playing New Mexico is like a three hundred team or something. So they don't go towards Brian Dutcher's official NCAA win record either. Oh, so man, he's gotta go wait a little longer to get to you know <laughs> seven hundred or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> but I feel the game was canceled because New Mexico didn't Okay, the bit, it comes down to it wasn't a COVID issue. That's we don't need to say why they want to play. But we we kind of know why the nomadic team they weren't they didn't feel it for whatever reason. Again, cool, fine. Your punishment is being forfeited is forfeited that game. Rams fans come back. Well, we only get to play New Mexico once because that game was canceled. I'm like, well, there's an actual COVID issue on the court with the coach. And also, if you want to be really honest, Rams fans, okay, before the Fresno victory, I'm like, there's zero chance Aztecs will lose to New Mexico. I would say there'd be a one percent chance they would lose to Mexico in, in either of those games, and so I get it as a pride thing. Oh, you can win a conference championship regular season, but Andy, do you would, how big a deal would it be if Oregon State were to win a regular season Pac-12 title? Would you be super excited, or be like, oh, that's pretty cool, and move on? I mean, it would be it would be great. I I I don't know. Yeah, it wouldn't be that important to me. It wouldn't be as important as getting to the, the NCAA tournament. I don't yeah. know. Um, but, fine. but I don't, I'm also not a, 
it would be different, I think, if I were a super fan, right? Or, or not even a super fan, not to, you know, make it all sound negative, but if I was a really dedicated fan who went to the arena every game and saw those banners hanging in the rafters and, and really, cause I grew up like that with Oregon State. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and that's sort Apologies. of my love, <laughs> my, well, that's, but it's my, they're, they're my team and I love no, it. I know, and I hear Hill it. Coliseum is home and it's like, so I, I kind of get it at the same time. I think part of me, cause I've been in Portland and abroad and I've been not in Corvallis for 10 years now. I think some of that love has not died, but it's not the same. It doesn't mean it's not as at the forefront, right? For me of, of importance. So I guess at, at at some level, I'm a little detached, right? Because I'm sort of taking this objective stance as someone who covers the game, right? In some ways. Um, so I wonder if that's dulled my my response to this. So I guess I do see it from the perspective of a fan who's saying, I want that banner hanging in Moby, saying, we did it. And I want to recognize this forever, not just to say, oh, man, remember that one time where we had this really great season? But it's like, you know, they want that Mountain West Champions 2020. They survived. They conquered the COVID season. You know, that sort of thing. It's like, I, I okay, you know, I, I get it. I also completely don't, like, I... It's not that I don't care, but it's like, hey, everyone's playing under really weird. Yeah. It just, it did not break your way, but if they would have announced them forfeits at the time, like they maybe should have, if they were going to end up doing it anyway at the end, you know, mm-hmm. if they announced them as forfeits at the time, it doesn't look so much like, oh, well, now you've structured it so that S- San Diego State gets a free conference tournament or free conference championship. Now the optics of it don't look great when it's really, we're talking about a series, you know, these two wins. It's not like they just happened. That series happened before, before Colorado State series with New Mexico was canceled. So it's just the timing of everything, the way that everything's been done, been released, been explained, it, been less than ideal um you know i i will say i'm a little i didn't grow up with a team you know watching a team in this conference so i would say i'm a little bit more of a johnny come lately in terms of getting really up close and personal with this Mm -hmm. conference but i've all you know i've heard people say you know craig thompson and this is the worst run conference in sports and you know, I think everybody says that about their own conference. I'm sure I've said it about Larry Scott. Or <laughs> hey, come on, that one's 100 percent true. Craig Thompson. Well, right, exactly. True. Well, and so this is the thing is that I'm finding out is like, oh, okay, wait. So the way that I know that this Larry Scott thing is true about the Pac-12, this is actually going on for the for the mountain. This league is does have some issues. With I think your main point's right, where yeah. they should have decided at the time or within a couple of days. Because well, right, because now I you get stuck in the spot where it looks like you're you're favorite. you're noodling with things to make it. Yeah, exactly. So that that's where it's an issue is for me as well. Where it's like, well, if you make a decision within a couple of days, but you would think that'd be the bylines. If the games like it's not postponed for COVID, then like, what are you postponing for? They decide not to play. You don't play. That's a forfeit at the time. That I do. I do. Well, 
I don't care where the wins go to, if it's for the seeding or for official NCAA tournament or whatnot. But at the time, or within a week, would have been more appropriate. On the flip side, Coach Medved's like, well, maybe we shouldn't have lost to uh, San Diego State earlier. You know what I mean? Or or Boise State. They only have two conference losses, so it's not like there's or I guess three. Like beat Utah State, and not get blown out. And so I get their point, but it's also like a technicality thing. Like, well. If we played New Mexico twice, we'd have beat them. Now we're playing a tougher Nevada team. It's like, well, I get it, but I just still like you're right. Like I, I grew up in Texas and stuff. Like I don't, I don't follow teams as closely there anymore. So I'm kind of with you. I was like, well, yeah, I'll watch my Houston Rockets or the Texans, but not anymore. Or the Cowboys. Like, oh, whatever. Like I'm not okay. Cool, they're on TNT. I'll watch them, but I'm not going to read everything every day. I'm like, oh, they're doing well. Keep in touch, but not as much. So it's a little bit different if I live there, sit there, and I can get the disappointment. But then again, you have to realize Aztecs weren't losing those games. And so it's also, it's a moot point. But I think your main thing is like, well, let's decide it three weeks later. That's a forfeit. Yeah. And so and, that's and, my main thing where yeah. it, it sucks, but also the top four, it's super close. Like all the teams there, like Rams have beaten Utah State, Boise, and San Diego State. I guess you don't want to be the four seed where you could lose to Nevada and play them back to back if that's the case. Because if we look at the stadiums right now, they're, actually, the Rams can't even fall that far. With that loss to Boise State, the Rams were locked into a, a one through three seed because Boise has six losses. League play, Aggies have four. Rams have three. Rams are locked into the two, a top three seed. So they're already avoid. Yeah. I know this has changed from this morning for comments from like Joe Parker, their AD, and all these fans, but they're locked into a top three seed and are avoiding playing San Diego State in the semifinal and the quarterfinals, whatever they play. So there's that to be grateful for so that Fresno beat Boise State for you. Playing Utah State is fine. Playing any of the top four teams is fine. I think it comes down to we want a conference title and it's not coming away because of the decision that is correct, but timing was poor. You know what they should do? Coach chips. <laughs> no. They Play should off. make – no. well, if – so if it comes, I think I probably said this last year too. <laughs> if it comes down to it, I think this is a great idea every year. I say if it comes down to Colorado State and San Diego State in the Mountain West Tournament final, they should put the whole thing on the line. Everything. Regular season and tournament all on this Dude. one game. Cause they split the season series. So I'm fine with it. And you know, it's like, eh, I'm on the side of supporting uh, the extra two wins, I guess, you know, for the forfeits there, the, the whole schedule imbalance thing, there's no right answer. There's no, there's no way to untangle this knot un, or, uh, completely fairly for everybody in a way that's completely equitable for everybody. It's just not possible to do at this point. And it's especially not possible to do it right on the first try because they already tried a couple times and they've gotten it wrong once or twice. So, so at this point, they're just kind of playing weird cleanup and cleaning up their own mess, and they need to stop. They just need to get to the tournament and just let that all happen. That's why they shouldn't have played this week, Andy. They really – you know, I, I came on here last week, and I was like, Jeremy, you're overreacting, man. Two and days later, like, Nevada, San Jose State. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. Yeah, two days later, that game gets canceled. I'm like, all right, well, okay. And then this game happens, and it's like, oh, my God. So really just for all the reasons. Save yourself. Well, you, they could have saved themselves from embarrassment and get people ready. But as for the CD, here's how it's going to play out like this is sort of my prediction, but San Diego State could technically 
fall they they play twice, correct? They play Wednesday, UNLV, then they play. They I think just like, have that game. They only okay. have that game left, as far as okay. I know. Yeah. So yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I was looking yeah. at their schedule. So they can only fall because well, geez, it's gonna take a million time to go through this. But assuming, <laughs> yeah, right. Get your spreadsheet out. I should have had that before. I, I should have written that. But they technically could fall behind Utah State because if Utah State wins and they lose, they would have the tie, and then Utah State swept San Diego State, right? Or they split? Uh, oh boy, me... this is gonna be amazing. Silent. Utah State still do this? I'm trying to think because I Not remember writing one, it up when when no, they I lost. Probably... Yeah, yeah, they split. They swept. So yes, they could actually take. The number one, ooh, they could. If Rams, if, if, ooh, hold on. Aggies, hey, my prediction of the Aggies winning can come true, the whole thing, I believe. Because right, if you so look at the They're have, at 13-4 and four right games, now. They could go 15-4. and four. Aztecs could go, when you count the forfeit, 15-4. and four. They would, and then if you have the Rams, they play twice as well, correct? Yeah, so if oh, no, the Rams. No, Rams yeah. would get it. Nope, Rams got it. Dang it. But if the Rams lose twice. Oh, like, well, I guess they lose, but yeah. So yeah, Aggies but, I mean, have a you're, shot. you're predicting in New Mexico's beating San Diego State. Oh, or, oh, no, that's UNLV. Sure. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> UNLV. But New Mexico's playing Colorado. Not going to happen. But the point being, the top three are basically set. It's odds are it's going to be Aztecs, Rams, Aggies. Because the Rams do have Nevada, which is difficult. So let's say, let's just say worst case scenario, they split. If the Rams split, they're sitting at 14 and 4. And then you have the Aggies at, what, 13, 13 and 4 as of right now. So they are the same losses. They win twice. They can get the two seed if the Rams, which is a possibility because Nevada is not, a, is a tough out. Not going to be easy. Well, so, but those are your our, top, yeah. Top and our buddy Sean writes this all up much more clearly than we, than we do for the site. So, uh, I mean, if you're listening for, right now and you're like, what are these guys talking about? Just go to Mountain West, go to uh, MWR.com. And check out the, the, the seating updates there because yeah. they'll be more up to date anyway. Yeah, more up to date than that. But point being, I, we're seeing a lot of gibberish. Basically, the top three are set. Yeah. The top, I, the top three are set. Four is Boise's locked into four. And so, the, which is what we expected. And then if you look yeah. at the bottom, Spartans, Falcons, Lobos are the bottom three. There can so how be about some, this? UNLV could still technically take the, uh, the, Five seed from Nevada, which is really weird. Because they have. Because Nevada has games this week. Nevada has a game this week against Colorado State. Mm -hmm. So they could go to nine and eight. And UNLV has two games this week against San Diego State. And then they've got another game against Wyoming on Saturday. That UNLV Wyoming game on Saturday, that's like, why is that being played? Because UNLV, UNLV could still sneak in and get a first-round bye and end up as the fifth seed in the tournament, which would be wild. Um, and, that, that would, and not only would it be wild, it would be bad. Because imagine what would have to happen to the league for this to happen. First off, all of these things we just talked about, about San Diego State not winning the, the, the regular season championship. Worst-case scenario, doomsday. They all start coming into effect, all of those things. But now as the five seed, that win for Boise State in the first round, if Yikes. if they play Nevada, that's worth something. If they that's get a win under. over UNLV, it's not worth anything. I mean UNLV is one seventy eight at the moment. 
So, yeah, and it's going to be a neutral site game. Actually, if they're playing UNLV... Nope, it'd be home. It'd be road. It's a road game. Do they, do they class it? Yep. Yeah, I mean, okay, so... I don't think it matters. I think it'd still be a Q4. Prob- yeah, I don't... Eh, I think 175 is a cutoff, I mean, so it'd be close. Like, yeah, or 160 or something. I don't know. There's different tiers for different, you know, home neutral. I always have I always have to go to a website to, to look yeah. at it. I can never remember off the top of my head. One last thing here. I want to bring up this. Fresno State. Yes. Because they won. They're heroes of today. Are they? Depends yeah. you ask. They're someone's hero. They're Matt Gennerly's hero. Heck yeah, Matt's like, bring us basketball? <laughs> Wait till we play boys at football. Come on. <laughs> they could finish 10 and 10. And so they'd be 500. Nevada, and remember, it's total wins, or winning percentage, I guess. No, no, winning percentage. So Nevada is at 97. They could lose both their games because they would, um, they play CSU. Or is that no, they, the, just oh, they only have one game. Oh, maybe so not. They can't, they can't fall any further than six, but they can. Okay. They can fall to six, but you could, you could end up yeah. having Fresno State at 500 and UNLV at 10 and eight in the conference. It's just wild. That's but the ones why- to watch. Like those are like areas. If you're really nerding out in the bracket, who's going to be where? I think Nevada UNLV, I guess technically Fresno, but that Nevada UNLV stuff you want to watch because that could change your, your right trajectory of the league where if UNLV gets to five, that means they're playing. They get a buy. Uh, oh no, not a buy, but they would play um, four. So also, if Utah State loses both of their games this week, we will have three teams tied at five hundred in the conference, I believe. Uh, assuming. Oh wait, no, because then Wyoming and UNLV would have to actually play. So never mind. They they can't all tie there. So oh man, what a. What a fun but, but you're right. Like if UNLV gets that fifth spot, that's going to hurt Boise in the conference overall because a win over yeah. Nevada would still be higher rated than a win over UNLV even a home game, even if they're say because that requires a beating San Diego State, so it might be a top 150, so it might be okay. But that's what we want to watch. So basically, what you want the league to happen is Nevada to keep that five spot, and then that kind yeah. Of just, so now Boise has to root for San Diego State to beat fine. UNLV. It's going to happen. Come on, get over it. <laughs> Well, no, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that that's what they need to have happen to be the best for them. Because if San Diego, if UNLV loses, or sorry, if UNLV beats San Diego State, not only do they get that five seed potentially, but they would also then show up on, you know, the high of having beaten San Diego State. (laughs) You know, you don't want this. There's enough talent on this UNLV team that if they actually somehow figured out how to play together and do what, you know, like they could be good. So, so you don't want me, the, you don't want them getting hot at the end here, me, and yeah. they're beating the Aztecs in the Boise State. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, they're going to beat the Aztecs and then Wyoming and then Boise State, oh, and then sorry. I'm sure they'll beat the Aztecs again. You know, <laughs> then they'll end up in the mount in the tournament, right? So, no, I'm just kidding. It's not. We'll get that. We'll they are not going to the. No. We'll get that dark core stuff next week, but I think we yeah. thoroughly confused everybody of the bracket area of who's going to be where because it's hard for uneven I mean, games. Yeah. Winning percentage, but again, we're welcome to the life of a bracketologist. Exactly. The uh, simple version: top three, top four seeds are lo- essentially locked in. One Boise is stuck at four. Rams, Aggies, Aztecs are one through three. Highly likely Aztecs one, Rams two, Aggies three because of the amount of games they played and will play this week. And then the big thing is Nevada and LV. Fresno could move up a spot, which. Probably because UNLV is not going to be San Diego State, but that's one to watch. But 
in the bottom, whatever. Wyoming's not going anywhere. I don't think for, well, yeah, with the amount of wins Fresno has, they're stuck at nine and 10. Wyoming won't move up because they're not, I don't think they're going to win either of those games or play. There's going to be a weird game between UNLV and Wyoming on Saturday that decides like who gets the seventh seed in the tournament and it's stupid. So. I mean, it's just like, what's the point? Who cares? Just get to the tournament. Play the team who's on the other side of the court from you. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Here's where we're going to go. Wrap up the show here. Up next, we'll hear our interview with Larry. Talk about the Mexico head coaching search and everything with that. But what we're going to do next week, we're going to do a show. The tournament starts on Wednesday, right? The 10th? Yes. So we will do a show Tuesday because I'm sort of out of town this weekend. (laughs) So (laughs) we'll be back to do – we'll figure out something Tuesday – because, honestly, come on. Nobody around games, who cares? Really? Sorry, but we're, we want the quarters and beyond, right? That's what we really want to see. So we'll <laughs> talk about the tournament, make some bold predictions, some stuff like that. So check the website, mwr.com, where we'll have all sorts of cool stuff this next week about the tournament, and we'll see what happens this week. But up next, we'll have our interview with our buddy Larry to talk about Lobos. And uh, until then, we'll see you, uh, see you next time. And to think, the biggest news not the, that we thought we had, New Mexico – having a new head coach. Larry, you're getting bumped the second part of the show after the Boise State loss. So uh, how does it feel? <laughs> you know, I think, I guess, I know a lot of folks out there, you know, you know, they really like Paul Weir, but at the end of the day, just last place isn't good enough. So, you know, I think everybody's kind of partying amicably, amicably on this one. Sorry, late at night here. But um, I think this is a, like – Perfect timing, you know, given the situation, but, um, you know, best of wishes to Coach Weir. He's been a great guy, great member of the community. Um, like I said, I don't speak to anybody who follows the team that, you know, really dislikes the guy. Um, like I said, just 11th place finish. You know, we got to do better here in Albuquerque. The resources are there. The support's there. You know, I think it's time. So, you know, looking forward to, to this coaching search. I know it's going to be a little everywhere. Let the rumors fly, but I'm ready. That's fine. He also made a mistake. It's Dr. Paul Weir, which I did not know. I forgot he had a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> He's a doctor of some sort. But, like, so with this with this move, because me and, and Andy here, he'll pop in a hop occasionally, but, like, the thought being, like, we kind of were seriously wondering this from a couple weeks ago. I don't think it was when – maybe it was in Euron. I don't recall. But we kind of mentioned, like, is he on the hot seat to, like, to be gone? And we're like, well, this year is so – unique because they finally got to practice what today essentially or this week at home at the pit finally after the state of New Mexico is allowing for some indoor stuff to go along to to go forward. So they finally got home but like they were going we mentioned what Lubbock, Texas, random West Texas schools going to Phoenix, having a couple games in southern Utah at Dixie State. And we're like, well maybe not because we knew he wasn't doing amazing, obviously, with the Lobos. And I think most people would say clearly underachieving with uh what 1914, 19 wins the past couple of years. But like this year, it's like, I thought, well, maybe they'll give him a pass and give him one more year. But why do you think he, cause he said it's amicable. It's, they're basically mutually decided. Was it really mutual, you think? Or, or did they come to him and say, nudge, nudge, hey, hey, would you mind stepping down or would you be against doing that type of a decision by not coaching next year? I think, you know, any, any coach, any competitor is gonna, gonna, you know, put up a fight. You know, I, you know, this wasn't his first decision, but, um, you know, I, th- I think he saw the decline in the program. 
um, you know, saw the, the problems that the, you know, they've had in it in the last couple of years. And, you know, maybe, you know, he, he spoke to the, to the press a lot, mentioned, you know, the fatigue this season's really had on him kind of from the get go. Um, you know, he probably didn't put up as much of a fight as you can imagine, but, um, as I said, you know, nobody's trying to one, lose their job, one, you know, yeah. lose a team that they've built over the past year, couple of years. Um, but, you know, like I said, stand up guys, you know, he's hurting with the situation, but, you know, he knows what this program's capable of. And, you know, he just couldn't get them back there to that end of the run he had in his first season kind of hype, you know, and I know we've tried over the past couple of years, but, you know, I, I think it's come to the point six and 14, you know, one and, one and seven in conference play. Yeah, crazy season to boot. But, um, you know, the women are doing extremely well. You know, what's, you know, what's that excuse? Is there anything to say? Because there's like the past couple of years, there's been suspensions, players not talking to media, being upset about things like the past two years. Like that has to lean into it. Cause I think, was it last year when they had all that, those situations? Like I'm not playing on the team. I'm going to play. Guys are like, was it? I forget. Ah, there's so many names I should looked up before, but like there was multiple times where guys were suspended for not no reason, but not being said. Which not that we have to know everything, but it seemed like there is some stuff behind the scenes going on where players not playing, and then beginning of this year, it's more understandable. A couple of players outside decide to hit the portal and not play. But like, is there anything like with the past years where those guys, where there's guys who weren't playing or didn't seem to be happy? You know, I think you saw that visibly on the bench sometimes. Um, you know, Vontae Hendricks, Jaquan Lyle, a lot of guys, you know, kind of back-talking when they're getting pulled off the court, um, you know, then disappearing for a game or two. Um, you know, Hendricks ended up leaving, but, you know, Lyle went to, took to Twitter the other day and said, you know, nothing bad to say about Dr. Weir. Caught it that time. Um, <laughs> you know, he, a lot of past players come back and they have nothing but great things to say. Um, you know, it's kind of... Just part of the, part of the game when you're getting in some of these type of players, you know, very high level, but, you know, with, with those, um, past reputations, you know, I think we all see those commitments and think, oh man, um, you know, this could go one of two ways. And of course, over the next couple of years, it goes both ways, you know, talented, uh, players performing extremely well up front page of the journal, you know, um, I think he, he handled that very well, but, um, you know, that weighs on you. Uh, I can imagine, you know, they, they lost Jadonte White at the beginning of the season, you know, tragic incident up there in Santa Fe. You know, that's going to weigh on you. He loses um, Brandon Mason, guy who's been with him for, for the entire time there. Um, you know, he's doing some great things now. But, you know, it's been a big, big year for him. And I think people say, yeah, they've traveled in Texas, traveled in Utah. Um, but you add all these other things on top of it, you know, it's – I can imagine he's exhausted at this point. I know I am following. Yeah, and we're not even there. It's like, like we talked about this for football. It's like, it's not like that's a nomadic season, like Matt dubbed him during football, the road bows, because it makes sense. But like, I have, I said this a million times, like I've had no issues if teams are going to play, players want to play because of this. Had New Mexico done what San Jose State Women's Basketball did and said, we're not playing. Maybe there could have been from like, hey, we need the TV stuff, enough games, which we'll get to, or me and Andy discussed about this week's matchups going on. But like, anybody who might wanted to play, like, even the game where they, I guess now it's official forfeit versus San Diego State, like, okay, I understand it could suck for their team and people getting on them. It's like a Rams fans today about 
Aztecs basically have the crown one if they beat UNLV. But not playing, it's like, I wouldn't care. Like, it's not my choice to make. And we're not these guys who are literally getting, I'll say, like, nothing to do this for our entertainment. Like, we're still chugging along. Like, you, you mentioned I have a hard time watching. I have a hard time doing a lot of stuff right now. Like, a lot of people do. But them traveling, not being with their family. Because at least in football, they could sit in Vegas. They, they were in one place. They played one game a week. They either traveled from Vegas or traveled back to Vegas to play their games. This was, again, we mentioned they're down in St. George, Utah. They're in West Texas. They're two multiple games a week, whether it's home game where they, like, had they had one home base, let's say they played at Dixie State the whole year, which could have been a possibility with how things are in Utah. Like, that wouldn't have been as bad because, you know, okay, we got a home game here, essentially, in southern Utah. Okay, we're going to Las Vegas to play the Rebels. We're going to San Diego to play the Aztecs. We're going to San Jose. That would have been more palatable because you know you have one place, but when they literally don't know where they're going to sleep the next night, that takes a toll on anybody. It's like, come on, like these guys are doing schoolwork remotely, which may not be the best learning for everybody as we know, but like the move for them to sit down, like I get it on a competitive standpoint. I just kind of felt one more year just to see, but they're not really improving. It's like up and down, like year one, Craig, like they haven't been into a tournament since Craig Nill's first year and he took over Steve Altford's player. So, they haven't, like, their best win season was that first year, essentially. I guess last year, 19 and 14, really. But where did the Lobos go from here? Because the last couple of coaches haven't panned out. Like, Alford was there for a while, and he was really good. UCLA picked him up. Craig Neal had the one year because Alford's players essentially didn't recruiting, and Craig Neal didn't do much. Like, we know what the Lobos should be and could be because back when they had, like, when Dave Bliss was their coach, um, Alford, Richie McKay had some decent success there. Like, they're a program where, yeah, they're not. They may not ex- maybe expect the NCAA tournament every year, but like, they, like there's the one year. I don't know what happened this year. I should look into it. Oh seven, oh eight. They're twenty four nine. Don't make the NCAA tournament. So, but they're a team where, am I wrong to say probably t- nineteen to twenty two wins is probably the lowest expectation, like right in that range where they should be maybe fourth in a conference at worst. I think that's kind of where they should be. Honestly, I think. Um, you know, that transition from Alfred to Neil was not, not to say eye opening, but, you know, Alfred was the peak of success in, you know, the, the past couple of decades. Yeah. Um, you had from that into, um, what Craig Neal did. And, you know, at the time we're saying, wow, sixth, seventh, whatever, whatever they finished under, uh, noodles, you're thinking, wow, that's not good enough. You know, we're, we're used yeah. to tournament bound every year, um, fighting to cut down the nets and all of a sudden sixth and seventh. And, you know, under, under coach Weir, it's, you know, drops a little bit, you know, you kind of see those 19 win seasons. Um, I think I, I mentioned this in the, in our, coaching candidate list the fan base here like i said extremely passionate extremely supportive when things are going great um we we remember those peak days the the steve alfords the dave blisses um but we forget that you have richie mckay in the middle fran franchilla in the middle mm-hmm. craig neal and now paul weir in the middle where we know what our potential is um you know it's just kind of making everything work together to, to make that happen. And, you know, it's difficult because, um, you know, you know, we talk about the, the job itself, you know, you got a lot of pressure from the fans, um, decent support from the administration because they know that basketball helps carry, you know, the, all the athletic programs, um, when, when working properly, um, it's a great job, but it comes with a lot of pressure. And as we've seen with the last two coaches, um, it's really easy to, 
to, you know, slip up, make the wrong move. And I think as a fan base, we all have to come together, remember the potential, um, you know, strive for it, obviously. But also, just like you said, we, a lot of people thought he might get another year, you know, especially given everything that's happened. But, um, you know, we, we kind of have to be patient, you know, regardless of who the next coach is. Um, you know, I, I think even myself, I look towards the, the Craig Smith hires, the Nico Medved hires, which Medved took a little longer to get going, but, you know, still two guys from a smaller conference in the summit that, uh, the summit in the Missouri Valley that come in and, you know, really just take the, take the league by storm. I think we need that. Um, you know, just like you said, top five feels like a minimum, kind of like what Alfred's done, um, in his first couple of years at, at Nevada, keeping them, you know, relevant in the, in the shadow of Musselman. Um, I think that's where we need to be. That's where we're at least going to be content because ultimately, uh, top three is where I think the fan base expects us. Do you think it's realistic top three? Because going through, like I have sports reference up here, Alfred was clearly their best coach ever. Like even yeah. more so than Dave Bliss, just because the 31 season, I wa- I unfortunately watched him lose to Harvard, like me and Andy joked last week where the <laughs> reporters from the boss to Harvard, wherever the newspaper is there, I was like, crap, I need new clothes. Where do I go shopping? Cause I brought one set of clothes, they expect to win. Like that's the downside, like kind of half kidding, but like he, 20 plus wins every year. And I remember the late 90s, they were kicking around trying to hook up with Keith Van Horn and Andre Miller trying to beat Rick Majerus in the Utes. They couldn't get it done, but they were still making an NCAA tournament more often than not. Like with David Blitz, Dave Blitz, they went four, four years in a row. They went, uh, what, six or seven, eight of ten, I believe, if my math is correct. Like they had four seeds in the upper, upper half of the bracket. Like that is probably the high end. I don't know if top top three maybe competing, but I don't know. I think like worst fourth, but you're not wrong. Like I think their fans there are like I'm not a Lobos fan per se, but you want to think your team could be that great. And I maybe I think it was step below like a buy in the tournament should be kind of where they're like you're right with Nevada. Like the Wolfpack this year, they're probably not going to win inch, win a game in the tournament, or they may not win that four or five game. But they, I could see them winning if it's Boise State or Utah State or CSU, however that shakes out. Like that would be nice to have like. I keep saying like a million times, trying to stop it. Sorry, apologies. <laughs> but Paul Wears hasn't been bad, but we haven't seen like the the, like, the improvement. Like there is a stupid tip thing. Oh, if you get a tip, you're gonna start. I'm like, come on, that's like the that's like junior high type of stuff for hustle. Like these guys don't need to. Maybe they did, but the hustle thing. But what type of coach do they want? You put a huge list somewhere. We'll wrap on this. Kind of go through the list who you think you're considering. Or what should be considered, but we've mentioned like guys from the smaller league, summit league. Like what type of coach can they get? Because out west, the job itself on the surface, like they have great fan support, a famous arena essentially out there with the, especially the NC State, the Final Four and stuff, those type of games. They are a brand new team out west. When you look within the conference, they're probably, I'd arguably say, who are they behind? UNLV and San Diego State for the best jobs, right? Probably the third best job in the conference. Absolutely. And then you look at within the out more west. Um, I don't know what you feel about Grand Canyon at the moment, but they're below, obviously. But you look at the Pac-12. Besides to like, I don't know how Utah is paying Larry Kuskoviak like a top ten national salary when he does garbage, and I hate it. But when you look at the if, like, if you're the other league that really compares to Pac-12 and West Coast Conference, like I would say BYU at the moment is a they're comparable, but a little bit above New Mexico at the moment just because what they've done the past couple of years. Uh, obviously Gonzaga, but in the Pac-12, what jobs are not for pay, but like UCLA is always going to be considered better. 
um, what USC, I guess. I don't know. Stanford, like what Arizona, Arizona State, or like they're probably middle of the pack in the Pac-12. They're probably a top ten job out west. Is that? I don't think that's too far fetched. Well, I mean, I'll just jump in real quick for for. Don't say uh, Oregon State, Andy. Do not. Well, no. <laughs> what what I'm gonna say is is the opposite of what you're thinking. It is to say and to remind everyone that Richie McKay, whose name did come up earlier, and I've been like sitting here waiting to to pull this out because I always do. So Richie McKay, before he went to New Mexico, he ju- he went to New Mexico from Oregon State. He left Oregon State for that job. Nice. Um, he was not great at. I mean, he was okay at, at New Mexico. He was better than he was at Oregon State. That's for sure. Uh, and it's just funny to see him now out at Liberty, like, you know, turning that into this juggernaut of a program when it's like both of us, you know, Lobos fans and Beavers fans alike. And we're like, what? Why couldn't you do that for us? You know, and so anyway, I just wanted to say that I, I, we, we have a concrete example of Oregon State, you know, being left for New Mexico. And it's not like, if I remember correctly, this was back in 2002, but um, Richie McKay left. I don't think he was fired and then, you know, took the UNM job. I think he took that job while he still had the Oregon State job. And so that sort of speaks to the level of the New Mexico uh, program and the vacancy when it does come available, you know, who might come knocking for it. Power conference isn't out of the question. Well, no, absolutely. So who do you think? When you... Like, who's of your list? Your list is huge. Some, like I said, some are realistic. Some are just kind of, what the heck, why not bring McKay back? You A couple of names, like, I'll let you just go through a couple, but you mentioned, like, Steve Prom, Iowa State, but the salary is a huge deal. Um, another big salary guy is Frank Martin. So, I've seen the most buzz or talk about with Frank Martin. Like, how real, like, would he be considered, like, the number one choice if he becomes available somehow? I think if you're, if you're looking at that, you kind of have to think, you know, one who's available, like you said, if everybody was available on this list, is he top? You know, probably not mostly because of the, the cost. There's a lot of, you know, guys like him, prom, Miles was getting paid a lot more than I realized at Nebraska. Um, a lot of these guys, you figure, you know, like, just like Andy said, are you, they're going to take a step down from a high major conference, but you know, what level of pay are they going to take? You know, what decrease? Um, because at the moment, I think a lot of people, um, novice fans, uh, and up, everybody realizes that, you know, the University of New Mexico isn't in a great position financially. Um, especially, you know, with the Gonzalez hire, I think everybody was extremely satisfied because of the local ties, because of, you know, what he's done as an assistant. Um, but, you know, he, he, you know, did come at a different price that a lot of folks were comfortable with. What are, you know, we going to be comfortable with with this basketball hire? Because I highlighted the, the, the base salary for a lot of folks that I can dig it up. Um, just, mm-hmm. just to kind of put that in perspective, because a lot of folks are saying Frank Martin, a lot of other folks are saying Tim Miles. Um, you throw in Steve Prom in there, but he's making 2.4 million a year. You know, how realistic are those options? That's kind of why think- I, uh, sorry, I would say I don't think they're going to lure those guys away because here's the thing. I would say it's 0-16 in Big 12 play. South Carolina, even though Frank Martin has been to a Final Four, yes, he's been to a Final Four as a coach, they're sitting at the bottom of the SEC at 4-11. and So you're not going to lure guys away like McKay from Oregon State. You're going to get guys fired. And in that case, salary – like not this. I know why you put the money in there just so people can see. But if you're fired, you can't be picky. You know what I mean? 
So Man. if Steve Prom is the guy because he gets fired, because they go 0 for in the Big 12, which I see seems likely at the moment with a couple games left, he's going to be coming in for half a million. He, he can't demand, I need seven figures. And oh, so yeah. if these guys are gone, like Prom could be fired, Martin could be fired. I and think Martin... Martin- is probably safe. I think well, that South Carolina has not had a better coach. Well, I think that South Carolina's program is in good hands with Frank Martin, and I don't think they would make the first move. I think if anything, Martin might try to get out of that program though. Um, one job just while, you know, we were talking about Frank Martin, one job to keep an eye on is the Miami job. Uh, Jim Laraniaga has not done the best, um, you know, he had that that magical run with George Mason that got him the the Miami job in the first place. But since he's gotten there, he hasn't really done a great job. He's been there longer than I expected, and uh, this season has not gone well. So I would expect Miami to maybe make a move. Uh, and Frank Martin is from Miami, so that would be a pretty good fit there too. So that might be something to you know keep an eye on in terms of potential bidding war right but you know a competitor assuming he did leave south carolina whether it's fired or you know of his own volition um that would be interesting to see you know how how much would would new mexico and and, uh the the ad open up the the pocketbook to that's all they're gonna pay but half a million half a million and so you know is Miami going to be able to easily, you know, yeah. open up their <laughs> ACC coffers and say, well, we can offer you a little more than that. So that, that could be something to keep an eye on. And that might be one of the things prohibiting Martin from being the one who ends up taking the job. Yeah. And plus it's his first, first year in like seven or so where he's had a losing record. So it's like, okay, it's one down year. It's a COVID year. Things are weird and wonky. Yeah. It wasn't great. You haven't really, you've taken a step back from that final four or five years ago. But they, and they finished 11th the first year after. But if they wanted to, I wouldn't basically like their expectation there that school is not a basketball school to be a, like really great. So that final four run was pretty wild. So I could say, well, we'll do one more year just to see. But like, you're right. Like, if he's from Miami, he would take that in a second. Like, Tim Miles' contract, he did things like people and Twitter dumbware. You know how Twitter is it's stupid. They're like, well, Tim Miles is nothing. Like, he took Nebraska. To heights they've never seen, and it's not a basketball school, and they still fired him. And so it's like he's done quite well <laughs> sitting there in Nebraska, taking them, pulling up against sports reference, like looking at what they've done. Yeah, he only has one NCAA tournament, but that was their first one like in over 10 years. Like Doc Sadler wasn't amazing. Tim Miles had, and Fred Hoiberg, look at him, man, two years, seven wins each? Come on. <laughs> like you go from Miles to Hoiberg, who thought would be amazing, and he's being trash. Like, that makes no sense. So, like, when Miles, like, outside of having Danny Knee in the early 90s in the Big 8, it's, they haven't been in a tournament consistently ever. And so they let him go. And so that's, like, I'm not bashing in your salary notions, but it's good to point out, like, here's what these guys were making before. But I just, my note would be, like, if they're fired, salary doesn't really matter that much because if they want to coach and it's the best job for them, they're going to take that job. So, like, who out there would be, like, I I mentioned to, like, Darren DeVries, you have David Stoudemire Pacific, Joe Goldley, now Blaine Christian. So, like, what type of coach where you think who could be in there? Are they probably going to get a coach from a non-power conference, which probably seems likely? Or could it be, like, a Mike Miller situation, which is kind of getting a little buzz as well? He's coaching high school at the moment. 
you know, kind of, I think the, the biggest part of this, this hire is one, you have a completely different athletic director than in uh, the last two hires. Um, one, he's kind of also two, he's kind of mentioned his, you know, basketball ties with Frank Martin, a lot of other folks involved on the list. I think ultimately it's kind of going to be, like you said, one of the bigger names becomes available. Obviously we might go there just for the, the like shock value of the hire, but you know, they can't go wrong with one of those middle tier guys, DeVries or, um, Goldie. Maybe I see his name dropped a lot. Our buddy Eli at Heatcheck had him on his list. Um, you know, there's a lot of great value guys who, like you said, not going to be a big name, uh, drop, but they could get the job done still with the right support. So like, who do you think it would be like, I don't want to say here's my name, but if you're thinking, I know names can change any moment, but who is like anybody you like, there hasn't been, the search is so new. It's been within not even a week. So Marvin like, Menzies. Oh, come on. Oh, wait, no, sorry. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but, but wait, wait, oh, wait, you like, said you didn't want a name. Okay. My bad. Well, not that name. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to think out loud, like what type of guy you getting like, I, I honestly think bringing, I think Tim Mills makes a lot of sense because he's a, he's the guy who did it before at Colorado State. So there's that option. Frank Martin, like I said, been, he has the ties. He's been very successful for the most part. Take, well, if you take the game clock to a final four, you're probably a pretty good coach overall, right? So I honestly don't know because Mike Miller seems intriguing. You put in the guys like Eastern Washington coach, uh, Grant McCaslin from North Texas, um, there could be some random assistant coach we don't know because here's the thing too, like what is like with coach, uh, coach, we're like, who's he coached with before to say, Hey, you're going to come with me or the connections they have that I'm not super familiar with and don't really know who it could be, but I'm leaning towards some probably mid-major because well, here's what could happen too. There could be a team that say, do you think, I don't think the Chicago, Illinois coach would come out here because that's kind of like a, Lateral, it was similar to Drake. It's mostly lateral for the most part. Why leave a good program where you have to rebuild? It could be a guy who's up and coming who has some crazy wins a game or two in a tournament at a kind of a smaller well, school. Like, hey, I don't know. That's yeah. actually interesting. You brought up, uh, you said the Illinois Chicago, you, Luke Yaklich, right? So he used to be the assistant at Texas before he got the UIC job. So, you know, geographically, the area, you know, that's not too far off. So that, that could be an interesting one, especially for a guy who, had ambitions because he was on, uh, he was one of the front runners maybe to get the Michigan job, uh, that eventually went to Juwan Howard and now he's at, you know, UIC. So he, New Mexico's a step up from the horizon league, I'd say. So that uh, might actually be an interesting candidate there. I like that. Okay. I like that as a, uh, as a candidate. My two cents. No, that's fine. Let me ask you this. Um, I mentioned this our group chat before whatever Twitter. So, what do we think about – I like this guy right here, but I don't know if it leave, but what about uh, Scott Cross? I felt he got a raw deal at, at, tech, at UTA, Texas Ireland. So he's sitting at Troy, not doing well, nine wins, ten wins. From what he did, like his brand of basketball, very exciting at UTA. Like they should have got that large bid that one year. Remember they went to NIT and played BYU. I forget what happened that year. I think BYU beat them. But they were like an up-and-down, fast-paced team. I don't know his connection out here because UTA, yeah, I see Texas and Mexico, they're not that close really. Texas is a huge state. But I think that could be an under the radar thing where what he did at UT Arlington, 
yeah, he's not doing good at Detroit, but like he had multiple years of winning. He had three straight 21 seasons. They were 27-9 in that 2016-17 year. He was fired after going 21-13. Like, who the heck are you saying Sunbelt or not whatever? Yeah, Sunbelt champion or something, whatever you may want to call yourself that year. and uh, Or not even champion, but you let go of a guy who's won 60-something games in three years. Like, that was like just the stupidest hire ever, or fire, I'm saying, almost ever. Not ever, but you get my point. Pretty exaggerated move to get rid of him. Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly Marty Schottenheimer winning the <laughs> AFC championship and then losing his job or whatever, but. <laughs> that That's a guy where I want people out there, because I think he'll eventually get Troy going, but that would be a guy where, yeah, people would be like, what, he only won 10 games last year or nine. What, what's going on here, 12 games? But you have to remind people, go look at UTA, and he was up and down, super fast paced, and everybody was surprised when he was fired. And so he was there for a long time and had, what, two, three losing seasons? It's like if you're a program that wins 20 games, you fire your coach, it's because you're like at Duke or Kansas, you know what I mean? You don't go to the lead eight or Michigan State. You have, like those type of jobs, that's the deal. But So let's wrap up here. What do you think? Do you, who's your, if you're going to put a name, give us two names, Larry. Who do you think are your, like, uh, most likely or who you really want? I think, I think I'm real wary of it because of the, the, the way the pass search went, especially yeah, when they hired Weir. It was, you know, we thought Cross was going to be the guy or maybe even Joe Dooley from Florida Gulf Coast. That's right, um, yeah. Steve Forbes at East Tennessee State. Um, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of rumors, a lot of, you know, he spoke to this guy at the NCAA tournament, all that kind of stuff going on. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're pulling Weird up from Las Cruces. And that was, you know, we were excited because, you know, he did have that one good year, you know, good track record so far. But, you know, I, I don't think they can kind of do that again. Um, but, you know, they're not going to just come out right and say these are our ten guys. Um, you know, with that said, I'd probably say who I would want – it's probably going to be a mid-tier guy, somebody like DeVry, somebody like Golding. Okay. Um, who, another one that they might kind of throw out there is probably going to be Tim Miles. I see his name a little too much um, from some very reputable writers out there. Um, just like you said, he, he did some things at Nebraska, you know, not no 20-win seasons or anything like that. But Big Ten's one of the best conferences in the country. You know, any success you can have there, you know, that's where Alfred came from before. 500 got... record, just over 500, so. <laughs> right. So, you know, I'm thinking Tim Miles is going to be in contention. Um, but I think I'd prefer to see somebody a little mid-tier, somebody a little cheaper, um, who could probably build, um, over a couple of years. And I know I'm, I'm setting that expectation for myself ahead. Um, hopefully the fans do, but you know, I, I think we just going to have to wait and see a whole different group handling this process. Um, it's going to be a different one. I think you get Tim Miles if you promise him a podcast is able to be done. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get him to town. He'll make up the money. He'll make up the money doing ads for Squarespace or something. You're gonna coach make an extra couple thousand doing that. All right, Larry, we'll wrap it up here. I, as for my, th- I, I agree with you. Like, if they get Frank Martin, that'd probably be shooting out of the park. But I don't know if he'll be let go. And like Andy said, Miami is an interesting job there. Uh, I would say there is one other name. I want to pull up and see if they're doing good. And Andy might laugh at me because he. If he thinks really hard, he might know where I'm going here, but I don't think this is the case because it's not Mark Pope because that's what we mentioned before. He should have taken the Nevada job. But, nope, I'm not going to bring it up because it's not there yet, so I'm not going to bring it up at the moment at all. But I, I'm agree with you. It'll be some mid-major type of guy where 
he made an NCAA tournament game or be close to be the job. And Lobos fans, like, here, so, like, we want you to do well and do great, but just, uh, just set your expectations. Like, I don't want you to dial them back so you don't be as good, but give it a year or two before things can figure out because the past couple, like, there's been a lot of internal stuff that has been great in all sports, football and basketball, because the Bob Davey era was not great near the end. It was pretty disastrous in my opinion. So hopefully they learned from the Danny Gonzalez route because they picked up a – because that could be the route too we haven't discussed, and we may, we just don't know the names, Larry. Like some good assistant coach at a high major job that will come into town. Like that's always a possibility. But I'm assuming we'll start seeing names pretty quickly. I'm just curious about how a search will go forth with like you're not going to meet people. There's no visit to the final four. I don't think there will be too many people hanging out there because you shouldn't, and the coaching convention is not going to happen. But – I don't know. We'll see in a couple weeks when a coach will be hired or whatnot. But until then, we'll keep everybody updated. Follow Larry at Hardwood Talk on Twitter. He will have uh, New Mexico hot takes and search takes because why not, <laughs> right? Is that what you're going to do? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, bottom of the conference, I have to cover something, right? I got something going on. Basketball did soon. But, no, thanks, Larry. We will definitely join again. And me and Andy will wrap this up here on the crazy makeup week of the, the roulette games, if they'll be played or not played. So we'll see, see you next time. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Thanks.